Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio, back for our third interview with great friend of the show and great friend of children everywhere, Elizabeth Gershop. She is a developmental psychologist in addition to being a faculty research associate and associate professor of human development and family sciences at the University of Texas in Austin. She recently published a revolutionary study called Spanking and Child Outcomes, Old Controversies and New Meta-Analysis. Dr. Gershoff, thank you so much for taking the time today. Sure. So across the world, as you point out in the article, which we will link to below, most children, 80%. Now, I got to tell you, that seems a little low to me, just in terms of some of the other evidence. But let's say parents say 80% of children are spanked or otherwise physically punished by their parents. And it has for thousands of years, been considered the best way to produce high-quality children. Uh, The data seems to, uh, well, push back a little bit against the common prejudices, as it so often does. So I wonder if you could give people an overview of what you found. Sure. So uh, this is a follow-up to a meta-analysis I did years ago that we talked about in previous podcasts. And this analysis, we wanted to address some of the questions that have been remaining about the data on spanking. How strong is it? Um, Can we say that it's just spanking that has these negative outcomes for kids? Or is it just spanking that's really harsh? So one of the criticisms of my first meta-analysis was that I included things like hitting children with objects. Um, And I did that because in the United States, a quarter of parents use objects to hit children. And so that's pretty common. That I would say that with that kind of frequency, that's part of just normal physical punishment. Um, But a lot of people agree that that could be harmful to children that could injure them. So we thought, okay, we'll find studies that didn't use that, that use just spanking as most people would recognize it. So hitting a child on the behind. Um, And then we looked at 50 years of research and looked to see what associations were between spanking and a variety of children's outcomes. And we found that, um, Across all these studies, uh, every study that was significant, statistically significant, found a link between spanking and a negative outcome for children. Um, We found that spanking was not linked with immediate compliance, which is, of course, parents' main goal when they're disciplining their children. Um, It was so it does not make their behavior better. It's not linked with um, what we call kind of pro-social moral behavior. Uh, and it's actually linked with more aggression, more antisocial behavior. So actually more of what parents are trying to prevent. And then we found that it's linked with several unintended consequences, um, that the more children are spanked, the more mental health problems they have, the uh, worse their relationships with their parents. Um, and then unfortunately, the more likely they are to be physically abused by their parents. So that's kind of the sum of what we found. Well, and the the question which has arisen, or the, I guess the perspectives that a lot of parents take, is number one, you know, of course, the, the two examples you always hear are reaching for the boiling right. pot of water on the stove and running into the street and so on. So there's this idea that it's kind of like a um, sort of one of those invisible dog collars, you know, to try and discourage <laughs> children from pursuing particular activities. And also there is, of course, the goal that it is going to internalize moral standards. Now, surely as parents, what we want to do is to have our children not run around the world waiting for the big giant hand from the sky to hit them on the butt, but to internalize moral standards so that they can be self-sufficient with their own conscience. So with regards to keeping children safe and with regards to the transfer of moral standards to internal um, in, internal guides, what does the data say? 
Well, it shows that spanking is not doing that. Spanking is not linked with more and moral internalization. So the you're right that the main goal parents have or should have when they're disciplining their children is that they will internalize the reasons for behaving appropriately so that when we're not there, they'll make the choices we want them to make. Um, and spanking does not teach that. All teaching, all spanking teaches is that children should actually avoid their parents because they don't want to get hurt. And so that's actually bad for multiple reasons. One, it's not teaching children why to behave in the first place. Um, but it also means that children are going to not be around. They're going to try to avoid their parents so the parents won't be able to discipline them. And it becomes this kind of cycle. Um, so it's having basically the opposite effect from what uh, parents are intending. One of the pushbacks that I'm sure you've heard of from time to time is this idea that uh, if you say, well, spanking significantly associated with lower cognitive abilities, lower self-esteem and so on, more aggression, a lot of people say, well, you know, the problem is, you see, that the children uh, who have lower cognitive abilities and who are more aggressive and so on, they end up being spanked more, but that's the way they, that's the way that God made them or that's the way they came out of the womb. So they are more difficult, less compliant, more aggressive, maybe less intelligent. That's why they get hit more. In other words, it's correlation, not causation to say that spanking is responsible for these outcomes. Right. And that is a very logical argument. And it is true. I have, I and others have looked at that to see if children's aggression is eliciting more spanking from children over time. And it does. The more aggressive children are, the more parents spank them. But there's still an effect of spanking on increased aggression over time. So even taking into account how aggressive a child is to begin with, they increase in aggression over time the more that they're spanked. Um, I've also done another analysis looking at the really high aggressive kids versus the really low aggressive kids. And spanking predicts aggression across all of those groups, the low, medium, and high aggression groups. So we're not, there's no evidence that spanking is working for those kids or that any negative links between spanking and aggression are accounted for by kids being aggressive in the first place. Um, so we use analyses to kind of take that into account. And there's just no support for the argument that um, spanking is good for those kids. It's, it's, it's not working for any child, no matter how aggressive they are to begin with. And I guess it may, in fact, extrapolate initial behaviors, perhaps a slight tendency towards aggression, which is met with spanking, which then increases aggression, which then you get this, right. um, I guess, negative spiral of doom where more <laughs> aggression leads to more spanking, leads to more aggression, leads to more spanking. And as you've pointed out before, if it worked, should it not remediate the behavior when right. it doesn't? It tends to exacerbate it, if I understand the data correctly. Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's just leads to this kind of vicious cycle. And so parents have to keep using it. And unfortunately, escalate it. And that's when we might see it turn into physical abuse is parents think they have to keep doing it. Um, and they have this belief that it works, even though there's actually no evidence to suggest that it works. The, I, the goal of these meta-analyses is to kind of show people with lots and lots of data to show them with 160,000 children, what these patterns look like, because in any individual family, you can't really see you know, when I discipline my child, here's how they turn out five years later. Like, you can't really see that in your life. You can try to guess, but you don't know for sure which one of the things that you did led to the child being how they are. But with this data, we can really look at that with spanking and find that spanking is not predicting any of the positive things we want to see in kids. Now, we don't have research on lots of good things parents do. Unfortunately, most of the research has been focused on spanking. Um, what we know works are things like being warm and responsive and having kind of a positive and trusting relationship between the parent and the child. Creating that is super important for 
building a good relationship over time that the child will listen when the parents discipline them and know that the parent has their best interest at heart. If the child distrusts the parent, then they're not going to listen to them and they're not going to internalize that discipline. And so, you know, I'm hoping we can build a body of research now that will look at, okay, now we know spanking is not working. Let's find the things that do work. People are always asking me, what are the things that work? And there's no single discipline technique that I can say, this works all the time for all children in all situations. The main thing we know works is having this positive discipline, positive uh, parenting relationship with the child. Um, That kind of forms the basis of anything in the child's life. And then the discipline just kind of fits in there. Um, And non-punitive, non-harsh discipline is definitely better. Um, But this positive child relationship, parent-child relationship is really important. Another pushback that I often get is when people, and if I could ban the word SWAT, I'm not much of a censor, but if I could ban the word SWAT from these discussions, I'd be very happy because people say, well, it's just a little bit of a SWAT and so on. But the data seems to point to the fact that in terms of negative outcomes, spanking is more than halfway towards the negative outcomes associated with direct physical abuse, that they're on the same continuum. That seems to be a very new and startling finding that, okay, so if, uh, if uh, physical abuse is, is three miles away down the bad road, while well, spanking is two or something like that, mm-hmm. that it's not opposite to right. physical abuse, the outcomes of physical abuse, but along the same direction. Right. That is a really crucial thing that we found. We've seen for years that there's been this link between spanking and physical abuse. And so, and people have said, well, but maybe the people who are abusing are also spanking. You can't really tease them apart. But we found a study, several studies where we could actually tease that apart and look at just spanking and look at physical abuse in the same families. Um, and we found that, as you said, the, the effect, the relationship between spanking and negative outcomes was two-thirds the size, so two miles down the three-mile road, <laughs> of the effect of physical abuse and those same child outcomes. So they're not two different behaviors. People like to argue, oh, spanking is one thing and physical abuse is another thing. They're not. They are both involve hitting children. They involve both involve hurting children. And spanking is a little less bad, uh, but there's no evidence that it's good for children in any way. It's, we're not seeing opposite outcomes at all. We're just seeing a little less bad than physical abuse. Uh, but it does make this argument that there is a continuum of violence against children. Spanking is along that continuum. And interviews with abusive parents have confirmed this. They've found that um, in Canada, they did a study with uh, all physical abuse cases and around 80%, 75-85% of cases started out as physical abuse cases started out as discipline. So the parents meant to discipline the child, got carried away, hit the child too long or too hard and physically abuse them, which is a really sad thing. It means that parents who are abusing their children are not doing it because they're mentally ill people who hate children. They're just very frustrated parents who are trying to do the right. They're trying to discipline their child and they got carried away. And that's a really tragic situation. Oh, I mean, I, I I agree with you that the vast majority of people who end up hurting their children do so with reasonably decent intentions, you know, like in order to help my child, I must get them to conform to this particular standard. And if you have physical violence in your arsenal and you consider it a good or perhaps the only way to get the message across, it seems inevitable that, you know, when you when people have think something is good and necessary, they're going to do it is why people brush their teeth. It's why people, you know, yeah. I mean, this is why what people do. But the fact is that it is, it, it is so prone to escalation because if your child defies 
spanking. And, you know, children get bigger and stronger and we parents get older (laughs) and weaker. So uh, at what point are you going to stop escalating? Like if the threat of physical violence through spanking doesn't work, where do you go from there? And I think if you have this belief that that the behavior needs to be corrected and physical aggression or violence is the way to go, where exactly do you stop? And I think that's a very slippery slope for a lot of parents. Unfortunately so. And I think parents who end up abusing their child, they realize that the hard way is that they, what they thought was discipline, they just lost control. And that's really tragic. Now, there have been also some comments uh, that have been made. And I'm sure we'll see some <laughs> of this video, <laughs> which, is, which goes along the lines of this. You know, there's this... Um, idea at the moment that uh, in, in campuses across the West, there's this hysteria, there's this fear of, of free speech, people need safe spaces and so on. And there's this general sense of, of endangerment through, through language. And a lot of people say, ah, you know, well, you see, spanking has gone down. And now we have these precious snowflakes who can't handle disagreement and so on. It doesn't make any sense to me because as a parent, I negotiate uh, with my child and we are, of course, free to disagree with each other and we find common ground. So it would seem to me that non-coercive parenting would lead people to be better able to handle uh, or settle disputes through language. Have you heard anything like this and does your data overlap with any of these uh, issues? Um, We didn't test these kinds of things exactly. Um, I mean, what I will say, my first kind of retort to that argument is that most parents, at least in the United States, are still spanking. I don't know what it is in Canada and other countries, but I mean, eighty percent of parents are still spanking. So it's not true that children aren't being spanked. Like, if they're not being behaved well now, or and are you know precious and and millennials or whatever we want to call them, it's not because they're not being spanked. They were. <laughs> so that kind of that argument doesn't really fly. Um, I think that you know why the, there's spanking is just one behavior. Any single parenting behavior is just one behavior. The reason why a whole generation might be turning out a certain way is not because of one behavior. I mean, I would argue the biggest effect on this current generation is something that we all have, which is the internet. <laughs> but why are we not talking about that? You know, spanking is not the reason why these kids are turning out the way they are. They have exposure to so many more things than any generation previous. They see the world in a very different way uh, than we did. And so, you know, I don't think we can pin this on discipline in particular. Um, and then I will also say that by, if a parent sa- decides not to spank, that does not mean that they're not going to be a disciplinarian. It does not mean that they won't be strict uh, or hold children to high standards and, um, you know, m- require that they be respectful of other people. And uh, I mean, my children will be the first to tell you that I they do not live in a non-strict household. <laughs> Just because I don't spank does not mean that I am not strict. Um, and, you know, hold them to certain expectations and expect them to be nice to other people and to think about other people's feelings and the way their actions have effects on other people. Um, I'm trying to raise them to be good people who think about others and think about being responsible. And we do that by teaching them, by talking to them about why those values are important and then leading by example. You know, if we behave those ways, that is the one of the best ways that our children learn to behave well is by seeing how we act. And if we use violence, then that's what they're going to (laughs) use. Well, I want to get to that because it almost seems like people frame this false dichotomy of parenting almost like you're at war. You know, at war, you either win or you lose. There's no win-win in war. And of course, so it's either you dominate them or they run completely hog wild and they're like savages in the jungle and so on. And I think it's been well shown, uh, according to the literature that I've read, that children flourish best 
uh, with with clear guidelines, expected behaviors, and so on. Totalitarianism, uh, as has been pointed out, is not a system of strict laws, but of no laws, is arbitrariness, and so on. And that arbitrary, capricious nature of aggressive parenting seems to have the most negative outcomes. If children know uh, in a peaceful way what is expected of them and what behaviors are good and what behaviors are, are not going to be accepted, they seem to flourish uh, very well. Just as if you play chess and you follow the rules, you're going to have a lot more fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, kids thrive on structure and on knowing what's expected of them. They don't, I mean, being permissive is not the way to go either. I mean, kids who have no structure and no supervision are going to get in lots of trouble and hurt themselves and not learn how to behave. So there's a happy medium. And that's kind of what we should be aiming for is, you know, just enough structure, and but with lots of warmth, so children learn that they're always accepted and loved no matter what happens, but we want to hold them to high expectations. And we're going to try to teach them and guide them uh, in their behavior. You know, parenting, I think one of the reasons people spank, which they don't want really to talk about, is that it's easy. It's quick. It's easy. It's done. And people are like, okay, I've done my job. I've spanked them. And that's not, parenting is not that easy. <laughs> you just can't do one thing and, and, and think that's going to fix everything. It takes a lot of time. It takes patience. Um, it takes repeatedly giving the same message over and over, which can be really annoying as a parent. But you know that's what that's our job. Our job is to always be there and say, "No, you still can't write on the wall. Even if you use a pencil, you still can't write on the wall." Um, you just have to keep giving the same messages. Um, but slowly, that does see, you know, kind of sink in. Um, but I think a point that you made earlier is a good one: that parenting is a negotiation. And even from early ages, we can do this with kids. And it doesn't mean that we're giving up power by negotiating with them and saying, well, what do you think is the appropriate punishment here? And it doesn't mean that you have to go with exactly what they say. But if you give them some investment in what's going to happen to them, then they understand that there's consequences to their behaviors. Um, and so giving children practice with making choices, both you know before a discipline is necessary. So um, you know, do they want to wear certain kind of clothes so they you can give them choices so they start to learn how to make choices that are really safe and have no consequence so that when bigger choices come along they've practiced that they know how to do that they know to come to us when they need advice um so they kind of learn how to negotiate their environment they know how to learn how to negotiate with us and then in the adult world we solve problems through ne negotiation we don't solve problems through hitting each other we don't hit our coworkers when we disagree with them. We have to sit down and negotiate with them. And so isn't it better if they learn those skills now um, and we're not giving them examples of using violence when we don't want them to do that as adults? Our parenting becomes exponentially more challenging when the world keeps changing. You know, when all we did was photocopy prior generations, you could pretty much just teach what you were taught and yeah. everything would be fine. But we're trying to design or, or help grow kids for a knowledge economy, negotiation-based, lots of competition, and so on. And let's talk a little bit about the cycle of violence, uh, because um, as the study points out, there is um, uh, a risk of repeating uh, physical aggression against children if you yourself are spanked. Yeah. <clears throat> and also there's a risk of being subjected to physical abuse in, in other relationships, in, in spousal or boyfriend-girlfriend relationships, and so on. I can't imagine that there's many parents out there who think that's a great outcome, <laughs> that what they're doing is going to raise their children's risk of, of being physically abused in an adult relationship. What does the data say about that? Well, what we have, data we have shows that a couple of things. One is that the more we were spanked as children ourselves, the more likely we are to want to spank our own children and to think spanking is a good thing, which sets up this weird cycle of 
perpetuation of spanking throughout generations. We do it because it was done to us and done to our parents and done to our grandparents. And is that really a good reason to keep doing something? I mean, you know, we, we learn lots of things about how children grow, in, you know, in the last several years of research. Um, you know, one example I like to give is that uh, when I was a child, my parents' car didn't have seatbelts and we just bounced around on the back of the car. Uh, you know, would I want to do that with my children? No, just because my parents did it with me. I've, I've learned the, as a you know, society, we have learned that, that seatbelts can really save lives. And so I, I don't do what my parents did. And I don't have to condemn my parents. You know, I don't have to say, oh, you were bad parents. You know, why did you do that to me? That was what was the norm. There wasn't even any seatbelts in the car. Like they couldn't have put seatbelts on me. So, you know, I, I think what sometimes people have trouble with is, is letting go of the previous generation because it seems like we're condemning them or thinking that they don't love us or something like that. And I think we can acknowledge that they love us and meant well, but they made a mistake or they did something that we now know was not great. Uh, and we can kind of stop that generation and stop that cycle. Um, so that's one aspect of the cycle of violence. The other uh, aspect you mentioned um, is going forward into romantic relationships. And so when children are young and they love their parents and believe their parents love them, if violence is part of that relationship, they will associate violence and love, violence and trust or lack of trust, and kind of see that forward in, in relationships into the future. Um, we know from the, the research on attachment that children develop something called an internal working model of how relationships work. And so when children develop attachments with their parents, if they start to work in violence to how relationship works, then they will seek that out when they're adults, unfortunately. And they may seek that out as the aggressor. They might be the one who's actually committing the violence or they might be a victim. Either way, it's because violence and love are kind of melded together in their minds, unfortunately. Um, and that's a really tragic consequence also. And, and indeed, parents are not thinking about that when they're spanking. They're just thinking, I want the kid to stop right now. Uh, they're not thinking this is going to have long-term impacts on kids' lives and how they interact with other people and their mental health. Um, and so that's why it's so important to kind of get people talking about this and reconsidering it um, as early in children's lives as possible. Yeah, I mean, I've I've made the point before that if if you're not currently using a rotary phone, rotary dial phone, and for my younger listeners, <laughs> I don't even know what that. It's just like it's a spinny wheel thing that it's you use to, to dial people. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, remember those long like you, right? You sort of try and have a long distance call and get yanked off your feet. But if you're not using a rotary dial phone or a switchboard operator, but you have a cell phone, then you're perfectly willing to upgrade things as new information and new technology becomes available. And this is just information, uh, which is a way of um, helping you make different decisions that, you know, a lot of this information wasn't available right. in the past. And um, th that's something that, that I wanted to mention as well. Now, I don't know if you've, I get this question a lot. Like I do a call-in show and, and, and parents call in and, and, you know, they've been convinced by the arguments that uh, people like yourself and myself have put forward. And they say, okay, well, I have been a spanker for uh, many years and I wish to change it. And, how can I go about doing that? You know, we, we don't want this intergenerational change. It's a little too slow. We kind of want to transition people uh, more in the here and now. Do you have any suggestions or is there anything out there that you think is a good resource for helping uh, parents to make the transition away from spanking and towards more peaceful and negotiating, uh, negotiation-based parenting styles? Well, there are lots of websites out there. Um, I mean, I don't want to, 
I can't rattle off a whole bunch now, but there are a bunch of resources that are trying to encourage parents to use positive discipline. So if people search for positive discipline, that's kind of the catchphrase right now for discipline that doesn't involve punishment and involves kind of talking with children and, and leading by example and things like that. Um, there, Joan Durant um, from the University of Manitoba has created a, a positive discipline program with Save the Children that's um, been delivered around the world and has been shown to be effective. Um, there's lots of different, um, it, I would encourage people to go to parenting classes in their communities. There, in every community, there are organizations that work on developing non-punitive parenting. And I think that what parents will find is that they are doing most of the things that work well with kids. It's going to be a, a, fa- a matter of just taking out the spanking and the yelling and just doing more of the things that they probably do already. They just didn't realize that those things were the things that were working. And those are the things that teach the spanking and the yelling are the kind of unnecessary ways that we show our own anger. The teaching part is actually the part we want to keep. And most parents do that already. And so I think parents will find it's not as hard as I would think it's not as hard as they are imagining. It's not like they have to learn new tools, just they have to use the tools they already have more and to just drop a couple out of their um, kind of arsenal. Yeah, the sort of analogy that popped into my head is if you're watching a wonderful classical pianist and then every now and then they pound their forehead into the keys, <laughs> uh, if, if you say, or pound their fists into the keys like a kid, like a toddler with a xylophone, if you say, hey, you know, your music would be a little bit more pleasant <laughs> if you didn't pound your head into the keys, you're not saying don't play piano, we're just saying don't right. play piano with the head pounding, that would be <laughs> That much is a more. lovely analogy, I like that a lot, I might use that again. <laughs> Please feel free to, to, to spread as well. So... Um, I think that the the summation, uh, it was fair to say, is that there are a lot of hidden costs, costs that take a long time or slowly escalate uh, into significant problems associated with spanking. And now the data shows clearly that you don't get the out of, well, you know, it's not physical abuse and therefore it's, no, it's on the same, it's two thirds of the way to physical abuse as far as the negative outcomes. It's not not smoking, it's smoking less <laughs> and not a lot less either. You know, uh, two thirds of a pack a day isn't going to do you much better than right. a pack a day. So um, lower cognitive ability, uh, fear-based avoidance of parents, uh, parents' loss of moral authority. You know, if somebody's hitting you uh, and People say, well, there's a swat on the butt, but you're five times their size, for heaven's sake. Some, five, some 30-foot guy comes along and whacks you on the butt. I mean, it's going to be terrifying. And so this lower cognitive ability, lower self-esteem, increased problems, uh, antisocial behavior, increased aggression. You think that spanking is trying to solve these problems. The data seems to point to the fact that spanking is creating and, and exacerbating these problems, but it's probably never too late to, to turn around, to get, have better information, to make amends, and to commit to something uh, better. Uh, and just before we, we close off, uh, uh, recently I was, of course, saddened. Well, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, he lived a ripe, uh, good life, uh, Dr. Murray Strauss, who was on this show uh, talking about um, uh, his book, The Primordial Violence, Spanking Children, Psychological Development, Violence, and Crime, by Dr. Murray A. Strauss. We will put the link to that below and uh, struck me as, uh, you know, a, a man to emulate, you know, a, a, a noble man who worked very hard his whole life 
to bring great information to people to make better decisions as parents. And my argument from a moral, philosophical, and historical standpoint is that if we can treat children better, uh, the future will be a glorious place. And if we can't, well, um, quite the opposite may occur. Now, I know that you had uh, new Murray Strauss. Is there anything that you wanted to add or any reminiscences you'd like to share uh, on his passing? Yeah, I mean, he it's, a, it's a definitely a loss for the field and for society in general. I mean, he was such an advocate for children and was just unapologetic in wanting to protect children and was one of the first researchers who really came out and said spanking is violence. Like, let's just call it what it is. Um, instead of using a euphemism, let's just call it what it is. And that, I think, shook the field a lot to really think, wow, I guess, yeah, maybe it is violence. It is hitting. Um, and he just kind of kept at that and published lots of research um, he, he, you know, he talked about family violence generally. Um, and so he really elevated the conversation and brought in data to show people, look, we have data. We can show you that spanking is not good for kids. Um, you know, even if you don't agree morally with it, if you believe in data, here's the data. Um, and so he, you know, he was really a moral force for the field. And he's a, it's a big loss. He was a lovely man. Um, and he's, you know, we all try to kind of keep his spirit alive by continuing this research and continuing his message that um, there's just no place for hitting uh, children in any relationship or, and it should be in any society. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fairly decent principle that you should not do to your children what would land you in jail doing to a stranger on the street, uh, as I think <laughs> as you mentioned. So um, I, I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, of course, the Meta-analysis, uh, I love people who can show off their math skills and thus relegate me back to me making merely syllogistical moral arguments. But uh, it's great to have the data behind uh, this information. And as you point out, you know, once, once the mind is stretched by a new idea, it never really regains its original shape. And the idea that spanking is on the continuum of physical abuse, it is associated with massive negative outcomes, it's eminently avoidable, and you'll have a happier and better relationship with your children. And we do all of us in the sort of slow, somewhat dismal, occasionally climb towards a better world. We all have to confront things that we're doing that could be improved. And that is the essence of civilization. The work that you're doing is fantastic. You know, having the fistful of data to back up the moral arguments is beyond valuable. And I really, really appreciate all of the work that you're doing in this field. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure.